You're listening to The Whole Truth, a Resources Rising Stars podcast. Welcome to the next edition of The Whole Truth podcast. I'm Paul Armstrong. I've just had a chat with Lee Kingdom. She's the recently appointed Chief Executive of Eastern Metals. Eastern who, I hear you say? That's not surprising. The company hasn't been on the front foot. It hasn't been marketing. And you're probably not even going to be aware of the fact that the company has three projects in Australia, one of which has a resource, another an exploration target. It aims to put out a maiden resource on the Browns Reef project in the heart of the world-class Cobar Basin next year. It has extensive known mineralization, and yet the market cap of the whole company is two and a half million dollars. This is a massively leveraged opportunity. There are shelf companies on the ASX worth more than this, and yet the company has extensive mineralization, drilling programs, and it's really starting to get itself moving. Lee Kingdom is a geologist. She doesn't bother with too much uh, spin and style. She's into the substance of it. She's been lured to the job by the attraction of what they've already got, the potential, and the low market cap. Lee is based in Queensland, and I've been working from my home base due to COVID. So as a result, this episode of the Whole Truth podcast has been done remotely by all parties. Hence, it probably sounds a little bit different. And the other reason it sounds a little bit different is because I'm bearing the signs of the after effects of COVID. So if you can overcome those two things, I think you'll find this episode to be well worthwhile. Lee Kingdom, why did you take this job at Eastern Metals? It's a $2.5 million company. Where do you see the upside here? Well, I think it's because uh, the company has two advanced exploration projects as defined by the Valvin Code. Uh, that's the home of Bullion in North, the Northern Territory and Browns Reef in New South Wales in the Southern Cobar Basin. So, and also, it's also got um, uh, a Greenfields project in, in the Thompson, in the underexplored Thompson Origin area in Northern New South Wales. So it's, it's got the best of both worlds in that you can add value to the company by uh, increasing the jork reserve or resources, sorry, uh, that that's uh, Home of Bullion has and also acquiring one by doing some more drilling um, at Browns Reef. So having those dollars in the ground I think is quite important. So, and, yeah, it does have a small market cap, but that's a reflection of the small number of shares that are on, currently on issue, which is only about 82.5 million. So there's plenty of upside there, I think. So what you're saying is that the market cap doesn't really reflect any even closely what's in the ground. You know you have mineralisation. So as a geologist yeah. yourself, you obviously see the ability or the potential to grow that mineralisation and add value. That's exactly right. At Home of Bullion, we've got 3.1 million um, uh, tonnes of 2.9% copper equivalent, equivalent sorry, <laughs> um, and... And also with uh, with Browns Reef, Kidman Resources, who um, had the asset before us, um, before it was acquired by Wes Farmers, actually, uh, they came up with a with a sort of an exploration target in the in the region of about thirty million tons. So yeah, it, the current market cap doesn't reflect the value of the company at all, in my view. No, there would seem to be a big disconnect. Let's look at those projects in isolation, though, Lee. Perhaps that will help investors get a, a handle on what it is that you're actually offering. So the, the what you call the Browns Reef Project, that's the flagship project, isn't it? Sits within 
It's a subset of the wider Cobar project in New South Wales. Now, it's a zinc, silver, lead, copper deposit. Cobar Basin's obviously got a big reputation. It's a world-class region. And I noticed that that, uh, that you said that you hope to get a maiden jolt resource for Browns Reef out uh, sometime later this fi financial year. So take us through what it is Browns Reef about and why has it got such a reputation in Cobar Basin? Yeah, Browns, Browns Reef was originally discovered back in the 18th century. Um, I, I believe a shaft was put down, um, probably for gold at the time. And ever since then, it's probably a, a lot of work's been done on the um, on the Browns Reef over the years. And probably most of that's sort of been in the last 50 or so years. And I believe that Kidman had the full intention of, of um, developing it, but uh, Kidman was acquired by Wes Farmers back in 2019 and with a view to sort of acquiring the Mount Holland lithium mine in Western Australia. So Wes, Wes Farmers subsequently divested the Browns Reef asset and home of Bullion asset in, in the Northern Territory. But... The Cobar Basin, there's a lot of companies that are operating in that part of the world and there's quite a, quite a bit of activity. And like the Mount Isa and Kalgoorlie regions, um, there is scope for, for consolidation. So, so yeah. Before it's... we move into the consolidation phase, well, what, what is it that you're, you think you, you, that you plan to do, Lee, um, at Browns Reef over the next three to six months that will add value for shareholders? Yeah, um, that's going to be our main focus um, in the next three to six months, along with the Thompson project, which I'll talk about later. But we're looking to start drilling in the first quarter of uh, 2024 with a view of coming up with a, a maiden jork resource. So that's where our efforts and time are focused at the moment. So at the moment, we're doing um, refining the geological model and uh, getting a few few ducks ducks lined up. We do have approvals from the government to start drilling, so those regulatory approvals are in place. It's just a matter now of um, consolidating the information that we do have and making sure that we get the best bang from our buck with yes. with the re with the drilling program early next year. Now you mentioned consolidation, Lee. Uh, is, do you envisage Browns Reef being a standalone operation, or do you think that it'll be part of a wider regional play? Or perhaps both. Uh, potentially both. Um, there are there are well, as there are companies in the region that are producing, and I know Mineral Hill, uh, sorry Kingston Resources are um, recommissioning their flotation plants. So they're within a hundred kilometres of of Browns Reef, and there's also Aurelia um, who've got the Federation um, mine um, further north. So we are within, uh, like strategically, we're in a great location for potentially uh, an acquisition by a company that does have the infrastructure in place um, or failing that, yeah, either that or we um, could potentially build our own plant, yeah. So either way, the, na the name of the game is to, to uh, identify and grow an inventory, isn't it? Um, what you do with that, well, you've got the luxury of deciding that once you've yes. got on the table. <laughs> yeah. Yes, and yeah. that will depend on a number of things on the on the base metal prices, um, as you as as you know. So the um, there is scope there. I mean, it's Browns Reef has got a, about two hundred and 
2.7 kilometer strike length so it's not it's got scale so it could potentially go either way be acquired by a yeah producing company or be a standalone so on that strike length Leah, are you planning with this drilling that you just mentioned are you planning to drill it out along strike or is it really infill drilling to get to the resource statement with this round of drilling next early next year we're going to be focusing on evergreen which is the high grade zone um, in the northern um, part of browns reef and we'll whilst those um once the drilling program's completed and we're sort of um acquired putting all that data into getting a jork resource we'll also start planning um on a drilling down at pine view so those there are at the moment there is sort of the the evergreen high grade zone to the north and the pine view uh, high grade zone to the south so geologically we need to sort of get a better understanding of what's happening in between there is mineralization there but it's a lower grade so we're just going to focus on the two high grade zones for the for the interim and to, to lead to the jork resource that's right yes okay now you mentioned lee the 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 uh the Arunta project in the northern territory isn't this the curiously named project it's called the home of bullion but it's actually a copper project that's right. Yes. <laughs> it's a rather, rather, rather interesting, interesting twist there. How, how does it come to be a home of bullion when it's copper? It, there's gold there as well. So I imagine like uh, many um, mines or deposits, they were orig- originally discovered via, by uh, anomalous gold. Okay. So that's, that's the naming right. So what, what, how do you see Arunta playing out for you? Again, that's something that we'd like to add, uh, add as um, we'd like to add on to the Jork resource. So Eastern Metals last year added another 30% um, to 3.1 million tonnes, or about 2.9% copper equivalent. And I guess the idea there is just to keep building on that. And, and is, there, is there scope for growth? I mean, do you have targets? Is the mineralisation open? Yes, it is. It is, it is open uh, along strike and at depth. So it's certainly got a lot of potential. So what's we're the plan in a drilling sense? Uh, yeah, we're doing, um, following the uh, drilling at Browns Reef, we're looking to do a um, do some field work and do an assessment of some of the highly ranked prospects in that area along with, with Home Bullion in the second quarter of next year. So you've got two projects. Now, Just we've sort of jumped from Cobar and New South Wales to Arundra and Northern Territory, but going back to Cobar and Browns Reef, you have the Thompson yes. project. That's an earlier stage project, isn't it? But it could give you growth upside there as well. That's right. Uh, I'm quite excited about the uh, the Thompson project um, because there is the potential for a, a big scale um, mineralisation, mineralised system. So that essentially Browns Reef and Thompson are, are sort of the two main um, uh, focuses for us in the next three to six months. Uh, we're looking to get a JV partner to put some holes into um, uh, three identified high-priority anomalies. And with that, we'll just see see what's there. But there has been some drilling in the past in those into those anomalies, which um, came up with mineralised um, assay results. But they weren't quite deep enough and they didn't quite hit, hit the target. Um, the, the difficulty with... Exploring that part of the world is you've got um, cover of the Aramanga Basin. So 
whilst you can get a, geolo- a geophysical signature, it's difficult to um, get a clear view on what's happening geochemis- uh, geochemically because the Aramanga Basin uh, sediments are a lot younger. But the drill holes that have been drilled down into the basement do show promising um, promising results. So, um, and I guess I get a bit of a backstory behind Thompson as well is um, these anomalies were carefully selected by Bob Richardson, who's the principal consultant for geophysics. And um, his father actually was a pioneer for exploration geophysics in Australia back in the 1930s and 1940s. So uh, it's got a bit of an interesting, yeah, interesting background. So I'm really keen to get some holes into those, some of those targets, well, three of those those targets. It sounds like it's got huge potential, isn't it? It's one of those projects that uh, it's not really tailor-made for a small company, is it? Uh, even though the size of the prize is potentially very big. Um, hence, you're looking for a JV partner, I take it. That's exactly right. And, um, yeah, we we need to um, f- focus our funds uh, into um, into getting a jork resource, resource for Browns Reef and drilling deep holes up in the Thompson origin is just not within our... Whilst we're keen to do it, we just don't have the funds to do it. And, you know, it's not necessarily a bad thing. I'm, I'm a big believer in the beauty of constraints and um, having a small budget does tend to sort of focus your time and efforts more. But, yeah, seeking a, 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 a JV partner who have the funds to um, put some holes into those anomalies is would be would be great. It does make perfect sense to try and farm out some of these things like Thompson where you see a lot of small companies lead trying to trying to hold on to everything. As you say, yeah. the reality is small companies these days just don't have the budgets. Exploration with geophysics and deep drilling is very expensive. Capital's tight. The markets are tight. And trying to explore some of these big uh, potentially you know, enormous uh, fields, very expensive, not tailor-made for a small company, uh, like like Eastern, but you, ultimately you're better off to have a share of a major discovery than 100% of a prospect. I agree. That's exactly right. So that's the strategy around getting a JV partner to put some holes in, deep holes. Yeah. It's, and, uh, and you can get on with your other work at Brown's Reef and right. establishing the resource. So you're really yes. trying to, to craft your strategy, cut your cost to suit, as they say, so that you say, right, this is what we can realistically afford to do. This is the best way to make money for shareholders. And if our JV partner comes along with deep pockets and deep holes, they, send, they tend to go hand in hand, then you've got the potential to have a big discovery and you've got a share of that. So happy days. That's exactly right, Paul. You've just you've nailed it. Yep. <laughs> now, when you look back at that, that market cap, as I said earlier, there does seem to be a whopping disconnect here. I mean, is it partly because you think the company's been almost, particularly in a marketing sense, quasi-dormant? I mean, you know, Browns Reef came out of, the, as you say, the Kidman stable. They had the enormous yeah. success with the lithium discovery, the West Farmers takeout, uh, and it's just not really had the attention that it probably warrants. No, I, I agree. I think... Um, it does warrant a lot more attention, but also too, I mean, the market is extremely tough at the moment and there are companies out there who are putting putting out announcements with fantastic results and yet their share price is going nowhere and in some cases it can, it can, it can go down. So 
Um, yeah, it's it is it is pretty tough. So I do think that Eastern Eastern Metals, along with many other exploration companies and juniors, is is they're highly undervalued and they're they're going pretty cheap at the moment. So I think it's a good time to get in. I'm optimistic um, about about the uh, the resources sector in general. I think you have to be, but um, yeah, I mean we could see. A similar thing happening um, post GFC, where the resources sector in Australia took off. So that's sort of that's that's what I'm thinking. At some stage, things happen in cycles, and you know we're pretty much at the bottom at the moment. And things will start are going to start turning at some stage. They always do. It never feels yeah, right like when you the time. But yeah, they do. You're right when you talk about some of these uh, great results not really getting a market response, but equally. If you get good results in New South Wales, particularly some of the metals you're talking about, uh, and are in a world-class region like the Cobar Basin, the market will love it. I mean, if the results are good and they're in Australia, uh, particularly when you're talking about you know, the likes of zinc and copper, the market's going to love it. There's no question about that. I don't think you'll see good results uh, overlooked in that case, but your point is valid. There are a lot of other sort of better results that for one reason or another the market is not grabbing hold of. So you do have to have the right sort of results and in the right places. You've got certainly got the right address. Uh, copper yes. and zinc in Australia is in hot demand. There's no denying that. And if you were to generate some good results you know, out of Browns Reef or uh, Thompson's, I suspect the market will be all over you. And the leverage at your market cap is absolutely enormous. That's right, and I do think um, we have we have had good results. Uh, you know, we've got we've got zinc grades up around four, five, six percent. So the results to date have shown that there is something there, and it's of quality. And we just need to get get a maiden jork resource happening. Yeah, right. Well, Lee, look, thank you very much for your time today. It's it's a it's a real uh, ground floor opportunity in the sense that. Uh, the market cap is just so low. You want I mean, there's shelf companies out there that have got higher market caps than Eastern, and yet you've got, you know, a resource at one project, an exploration target. You're about to put a maiden resource out early next year on this, on Brown's Reef. You've got drilling and action going on there. Who knows what might happen at Thompson's once you bring a JV partner in. It's sort of so you never want to say it, but you'd have to think the only way is up. It's just a question of how and when. That's exactly right, and that's what I'm. That's what I'm hoping for. It's not a matter of um, if, but a matter of when. Yeah. <laughs> Great. Well, we're sure the best for it. We'll follow it closely. Thanks again. Thank you for your time. Thanks, Paul. You've been listening to the Whole Truth, a Resources Rising Stars podcast, produced by Resource Media, hosted by Paul Armstrong for Red Corporate. Please note that Reed Corporate does not provide investment advice and investors should seek personalised advice before making any investment decisions.